Welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans and Jeff Shade, a show that simplifies the complexities of investments, taxes, retirement, and more so you can discover how to better sustain yourself and your wealth for years to come. Brian is a CPA with 30 years experience and a financial advisor, which brings a unique perspective to the financial world. This show is brought to you by Madrona Financial and CPAs, home of the Rooted Wealth Plan. Want a retirement plan designed to last 30 plus years? Go to madronafinancial.com and click Get Started to see what the Rooted Wealth Plan can do for you. And now, here are your hosts, Brian Evans and Jeff Shade. Thank you so much. Welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, the show that gives you the straight talk and honest answers you need to help sustain yourself and your wealth for 30 plus years. On today's show, we're going to be discussing how much do you need to have saved in order to retire? Also, how to prepare for the upcoming estate tax changes and strategies to pass your assets to those you love while you're still alive. My name is Jeff Shade, and I'm just here, as always, to ask the questions. But, of course, the words of wisdom and solid advice come from Brian Evans, CEO and President of Madrona Financial and CPAs. Hey, Brian, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks, Jeff. Glad to hear that, Brian. Certainly, as always, I hope our listeners are doing well today, too. We've got another great show lined up for us, packed with all sorts of great information for you. Brian, I've heard that a million now is not enough to retire. What are you seeing? Yeah, I, I think we're what we're talking about here is stuff that you read, stuff that you hear, where you read an article or you know see something on the internet or whatever, and it tells you the answer to a question that you didn't ask, and they don't know you, and they're answering it. <laughs> so they're saying, this is how much you need to retire. I'm like, really? Have you met me? Have you met my kids? Have you met my hobbies? Do you know how old I am? Do you know where I live in the country? Do you know anything about my spending habits? So uh, no, the answer is no. So we're going to comment on some of the things that you might hear or read again, either here on the radio, read on the internet about finances where somebody uh, generally, in fact, what's interesting about most of the stuff I hear or read is not put out by registered investment advisors, like people licensed to give investment advice. Kramer or people on TV, they are not currently licensed to give investment advice. Many of the uh, articles I read or if I listen to the radio and you go to the website, you go, you cannot rely on us to give investment advice. We are not qualified. We are not licensed to give investment advice or tax advice, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, we're going to give it anyway, you know, kind of thing. But they put the caveat there. So I was like, oh, okay. So probably don't uh, listen to everything or or believe everything. So when somebody says, uh, you need a million, uh, what's your number? You know, that kind of thing. It's like, well, gosh, everybody has a different number. Everybody has a different lifestyle. Everybody has different situations, circumstances, health, life expectancy, all these kinds of things. So it's a very complex thing. And and we take it very seriously here when we're doing financial planning for someone. It's more than a number. Financial planning is not about just dollars and cents. And and we really focus on that. Too much of my industry, I think, focuses just on dollars and cents. And why? Because that's not even going to answer a question about how you're going to live your life, what your retirement look like, what your legacy look like, what does your family life look like, all these different things. And so I think uh, retirement planning is a much bigger question. And I've seen these blanket statements uh, all the time, Brian, where it says, you know, you can retire on a million dollars. This is how you do it. But I've known people who have three million dollars and they couldn't retire on that. I've known people who have five hundred thousand dollars and they could retire on that. So I think you really need to avoid these blanket statements. And I think the takeaway here from what I'm getting that you've just talked about is lifestyle planning. It depends upon your lifestyle, who you are, who you want to be in retirement, as far as your income stream goes and your cash flow. Yeah, you know, when we meet with someone, we spend way more time talking about lifestyle than we do talking about any product. Products are a tool. And so I'd I'd rather learn about the job than tell you about how great the hammers and saws and and drill bits I have uh, in my toolbox. I could do that, but generally, uh, you know, if we do use the contractor analogy, generally most contractors have access to Home Depot and other uh, tool distributors, and we, you know we can access the same tools if we're contractors. So, and my analogy here, I'm, I'm talking about other financial advisors that are licensed in both uh, insurance products and stock market products and income tax that they have access to basically the same tool set the same kind of tools. Doesn't mean they all use them all because again, most people in my industry are, are what I call limited scope advisors. They have one tool 
for every job, and that's not great. Or they have a couple tools for every job uh, rather than the whole toolbox full. But to focus on the tool itself probably isn't a good way to do financial planning in, in our estimation. We would like to focus on what the job is. What do you want us to build here? What do you want to put together? And so when we're talking about doing financial planning for someone, we're really interested in, in finding out what kind of life do you want to live? What does it cost to be you? What does your legacy look like? What do you want to do while you're living? What's your point of getting up in the morning years later to come? One of the best ways that I've found to uh, communicate that to people is to have them picture what they want their life to look like a year from now. Mm -hmm. What do you want it to look five years from now? What do you want it to look 10 years from now? If you were that person, if you were you 10 years from now, looking back, what would you advise yourself today to do more of? And what would you advise yourself to do less of? And you may kind of be going, oh, yeah, I do a lot of things that 10 years from now, I'll probably look back and go, why were you wasting your time doing that so much? And there's other things that I keep saying I'm going to do, but I think I've been saying that for 10 years, mm -hmm. and now I'm just 10 years older and I haven't done them yet. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a challenge, and it's a fun challenge. Not every challenge is bad. This can be a fun, awesome challenge where you yeah. challenge yourself. Yeah, you get together with you, your spouse, whatever, but you challenge yourself to actually write out things that you want to accomplish and put time frames by them and then action plans. Now, sometimes these things, these challenges involve money and finances. And so they would be added to the projection of a financial plan. You say, okay, I want a second house. We want to buy it in three years. We want it to be in uh, Arizona. We know that it's going to cost us X number of dollars. We need an X for a down payment or to buy it. Okay. These are concrete things we can put into a financial plan. Maybe another thing on your list is I want to learn guitar. Mm -hmm. Okay, we don't have to add a you know, guitar expense line, probably, unless you're buying Mark Knopfler's guitar. I just heard it sold for $750,000. Wow. And his collection was, I think, $10 million for his mm. 200 guitars. Okay, wow. if you're serious about something, yeah, it might cost you some money. But mm. generally, you know, there's going to be a lot of things on your life plan list that don't involve a ton of money. And so they, they wouldn't be part necessarily of a financial plan. But which is more important, you know, trying to calculate how much money you're going to have the day you die that you leave to your heirs? Or do you want to try and spend the time figuring out what you want your life to look like and start planning for that, dividing it into the things that cost money that don't, making sure they're part of that plan, that it, you have a plan for that, a time period for it, all that stuff. So now you can start maybe picturing, gosh, I could do financial planning a whole different way than has been put out there on the internet, on the radio, on the TV, on, from other people. Maybe there's a different way to do financial planning that, that actually is more impactful to me having uh, the life I want to live than just trying to figure out the dollars and cents when you're all using the same tools anyway. Yeah, and I think the takeaway here is not focusing on so much money, although it does involve money to get you where you need to be. But, you know, looking ahead, this is a fun exercise. Imagine where you want to be in five years, 10 years. Imagine what your life's going to be like, then reverse engineer that. I sort of liken it, Brian, to building a house. If you've ever had a house built, maybe a custom house, you meet with an architect first, and they don't just tell you what they're going to build. They ask you what you want in this house, how many bedrooms, bathrooms, you know, if you want it to be accessible for this, that, or the other. Other thing, then they design a blueprint. And then based on that blueprint, they know what tools are needed to build your dream house. There are specifically action steps. Does that analogy apply to financial planning? Is it the same sort of thing? I do like that analogy because uh, when you think about designing a house, okay, I got some windows and okay, I have a, a little window in every every room. Well, what if my house is on a lake? I kind of want floor to ceiling windows in that one. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I want a different kind of plan. And if you're giving me a generic plan for a cookie cutter house, I don't want a cookie cutter house on my lake front. I want floor, again, floor to ceiling windows. I want something different. And so everybody's going to have different goals and objectives. And one of the things that uh, has been on my mind this week as I've been listening to other podcasts or radio shows or, or ads on TV and so forth in my industry. And the thing that really jumps out at me is how generic our speak has been. It's so generic. I mean, I, I hear things like, we design portfolios based upon your needs. And I'm kind of chuckling to myself. Oh, you mean if I came in, you wouldn't say, yeah, I just designed a portfolio based on Margaret's needs, who's 92 and a widow for mm -hmm. you, Brian. I'm like, well, why did you do that? Why didn't you build it for my needs? Okay, what is that really saying? It's saying nothing. <laughs> I mean, everybody 
in my industry is going to try and or at least say that they design the portfolio based upon your needs. Why wouldn't they? I mean, that's that's kind of silly to, to say those words out loud. Or we are fiduciaries. Well, most of my industry is anymore. It didn't used to be that way. It used to be that we had what you know stockbrokers. You know, that's how you got into the markets. You couldn't buy mutual funds a long time ago. You didn't have ETFs. So you went to a stockbroker and they charge you commissions. And so you wanted to sell twenty thousand dollars of a of a stock to buy another. It might cost you three to six hundred dollars for that transaction. So a lot of buy and hold was going on uh, way back when, and it was all commission based. Well, then the industry changed to the percentage of assets under management. Or with insurance company products, uh, the commissions are paid by the insurance company if they're fixed indexed or fixed annuities. And so the, the industry has changed. So a lot of advised accounts are now a percentage of the assets under management, so you know, paid over time. So when they say, you know, we're fiduciaries, that well, that's fine. But I challenge that too. I even wrote an article for Kiplinger magazine once about are you really a fiduciary if you sell one product? Because mm-hmm. my guess is that you're gonna hammer someone to buy that product, even though you're certificate says you're required to act in the best interest of the client. Well, I am. I'm making sure they buy the the product that I sell. What about the stuff you don't sell? Yeah, I don't talk about that because I'm not licensed. I'm like, okay, (laughs) I got a circular equation here going. So I can't talk about the things that might benefit you because I'm not licensed to talk about them. So I'm not going to mention them, but I'm going to tell you that I'm required to act in your best interest. And I'm going to do that by not talking about stuff I'm not <laughs> licensed to talk about in the first place and try and sell you the one thing I can sell you in the first place. So it's like, oh, okay, how does this really help me in the end? Are you really, truly a fiduciary? So I, I really poke back at that with people that say that. What that to me is a manipulative uh, sales tactic, frankly. It's meant to have you put your guard down. Right. Oh, you're required by law to act in my best interest, but you can't help me because you're not licensed. You said the first part. You didn't say that second part, Brian just said, you didn't tell me you're not licensed to give me other options that might benefit me. You just told me a part about how you're required by law to act in my best interest, but you really can't help me if I don't want what you're selling. Is this correct? Well, you know, if they told you the truth, yes, it is. So be very careful about what you're you're being told through some of these commercials or some of the things you, you read or hear uh, out there in our industry. Brian, I want to talk to our listeners right now. If you already know that you want a stock bond portfolio, just a standardized investment stock bond portfolio, any investment advisor would be happy to sell that to you. If you already know that you want all your eggs in an annuity basket, anyone with an insurance license would be happy to sell that to you. But if you want to go beyond a product, a sales pitch, and focus on the lifestyle first and the life that you want to live and you want to have a conversation with an advisor who will take a look at your unique needs and desires through a comprehensive lens, an advisor who understands that maybe you want to travel to see the kids, maybe you want an overseas vacation, maybe you want to build a new uh, vacation house, you want to start a hobby business, an advisor who wants to help you discover who you really want to be in retirement, then listen up, this is for you. I want you to call 833-673-7373 right now. Phone lines are open and ask for your complimentary Madrona analysis. Again, that number, 833-673-7373. If you've got $500,000 or more in investable assets, you'll qualify for this analysis. And as a bonus, we'll send you out Brian's book, Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement. It's not going to cost you a dime, but this analysis could be just what you need to discover the lifestyle that you want and desire to live in retirement and a plan to get you where you need to go. So once again, we have opened the phone lines for you right now so that you can begin this conversation. 833-673-7373, 833-673-7373. One call could make all the difference. We're talking with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial, and we're talking about how much you need to have saved in order to retire. Brian, if you don't start with a dollar figure that someone needs or thinks that they need, where do you start? Well, there's, there's a couple of things that we do. First off is you download our book, The Seven Steps to Successful Retirement. Only one of the steps is really focused on investing. And so that there is a product part of this. I don't I want to discount that. There is an investment product and a mix of that. And you know, we're just 
pointing out on our show that our, our product inventory, our, our toolbox is much bigger than typically uh, you'll, you'll find out there. So if somebody's just talking to you about, you know, I, I talked about some of the generic talk that, that I hear all the time. One of the things I always hear is we make sure you have the income that you can't outlive and we use our risk reduction strategies to, you know, maximize your retirement, whatever. And so both of those are code words for we are insurance licensed and we're going to try and sell you a fixed index annuity that will pay you a monthly check for life. Okay, well, that may be something you want in your portfolio. Are there cons to that? Well, of course there is. Uh, You give up a lot of potential growth that you might get in other asset classes. You give up diversification in real estate, stocks, bonds, other products such as uh, credit funds, uh, REITs, uh, Delaware Statutory Trust, structured notes, buffered ETFs, all all these other areas that you might want money invested in. If you're going to put all your eggs in that basket, okay, you have a fixed amount. Well, what if you need uh, liquidity? What if you need to cover inflation? Oh, yeah, the inflation thing just hit. And you bought an annuity that was paying you the same amount every month for the rest of your life. Well, does it go up with inflation? Well, maybe not and probably not. Most annuities that pay lifetime income don't go up. Well, uh, at least I get my income right. Well, a lot of that income is your principal, too. That annuity is designed to go down to zero if you live long enough. And you're like, oh, well, that's not an investment. I'm like, no, that's security and cash flow. So again, when we're doing a plan, maybe security and cash flow are high on your list, but are you being told by the annuity salesperson that that investment is going to not not only not grow, but it's going to dissipate down to zero and there'll be nothing left for your heirs. So if part of that lifestyle plan and part of the, you know, one of the seven steps is your legacy plan. Another is your gifting plan during your life. Well, it's hard to have a legacy plan or a gift plan if you don't have any money when you pass because your annuity has gone to zero. So if that's all your money, that's not good. Now, if that's all you want and you don't have kids, okay, maybe that's fine. So again, everything has to be customized. But we, your, your question was, what do we do? Right. So uh, the seven steps to successful retirement, one of those is, is the investment piece. But uh, we want to start with the lifestyle. What do you want your life to look like, as, as I've been mentioning? And so we're really going to focus on, on that part of the seven steps because I, I think that in the end, that's what's important. And if we look at at retirement strategies and so forth, uh, who you are in retirement can be, it should be, probably will be very different from who you were during your working years. And when I say who you are, you don't have eight to 10 hours a day, you're devoting to someone else's wishes and desires, your employer and your commute. Now they're yours. You own those hours. You have them back. What are you going to do with the, those hours? So that, that to me becomes more important than being sold some kind of product that, oh, by the way, Madrona can sell you that same product. If you're talking to an advisor right now and they're trying to sell you a product, pretty sure we can have, put you in that same product if that's appropriate for you. But we want to make sure that you have a plan. So that's the other part of this. It's one thing to analyze the seven steps and go through all of them and figure out you know what you want your life, your legacy, your gifting, your tax plan to be, your investment plan etc. But it's another thing to do the financial plan itself. So the financial plan is where we project out for the rest of your life, your taxes, your spending, your income, your growth, your distributions, you know, Medicare supplement expenses down the road, maybe a second house down the road or what you want to do with your money. Some of those hobbies I talked about earlier, if they're expensive, we got to put those in there, vacation funds, all this kind of stuff. So we can project all that out to answer the question is, what is my retirement going to look like from a financial standpoint. So these do overlap. Your life plan often overlaps with your financial plan. And we want to make sure we analyze that life plan and then integrated it into that lifetime financial plan. So Brian, I have visualized what I want my retirement to look like, what I want my lifestyle to look like. I've done it five years out and I've done it 10 years out. But as you know, the only thing that's constant in life is change. So what happens if uh, five years uh, into my retirement journey, things change dramatically and all of a sudden my end goal is not the same that it used to be? I mean, do you build in stopgap measures or can you do that? That will allow people to sort of turn on a dime. Yeah, we want to update these financial plans. I mean, we don't have to do them every three months or anything like that, maybe every couple, three years. But uh, yeah, things can change. And so we can pivot and, and do different things. But it's hard to do. Let's say, go back to my analogy where you put all your money in a life insurance policy and an annuity because you talk to an insurance person mm-hmm. uh, to do your financial planning. Uh, you might be very limited. So I've, I've had a lot of people come to me, okay, all of my money's in this. What can I do? And I'm looking at them going, not much. 
you can't get out of these things. Right. You know, maybe you're locked up your money, and and they they didn't consider that that you want to keep some options open. So generally, any diversified portfolio, you know, investments can do five things: they can grow, they can provide cash flow, they can be liquid, secure, or tax savings. And so if you didn't uh, have a mind to liquidity in that, well, okay, well then that could be a problem. Or if you didn't grow your assets enough, you locked it all down in, in something super safe, but then inflation hit and your spending went up and opportunities came up that you wanted to do and you go, huh, I locked all my stuff down at a very low earnings rate and I, I can't do the things I wanted to do. I could have had I had a, maybe a more diversified portfolio and considered other other attributes of investing. So again, certainly we want the ability to pivot because things will change in life. And uh, one thing is for certain though, uh, as years go by, we get older. And so we don't want to just keep putting this off. <laughs> we want to address right. this, address what you want your life to look like and start working towards that. Yeah. And I remember, and you remember the story of the woman that I knew who came into you and she had been sold an annuity that could not be changed. And the end result of all of this is she just stopped and shrugged and said, well, I guess I'm going to be having some good parties in my middle to late eighties. Yeah, that was a terrible uh, product she was sold, and it allowed for, I think I think it had a 14-year surrender charge, and she yeah. bought it in her 70s. So right. I was like, what? who's approving this? This is crazy. So, you know, I, there is a lot of stuff in the industry that isn't awesome. And so, I, again, I talked about, uh, as I started the segment, talked about the generic ads that we hear, and, and I hear people saying how different they are, and like, well, you sell annuities, or you just sell the stock market. Are you clearly different i don't know that you are you know it's like I'll, I'll tell you what's different is your financial advisor that can put you into the stock market the bond market 1031 exchanges uh, into delaware statutory trust uh, the annuity markets whether they're for lifetime income or safe growth uh, universal life premium finance the opportunity zones buffered etf structured notes uh, the list goes on and on where we, you know we, we can pick from amongst all of these different areas to put people into However, uh, not all of them are appropriate for every client, every every investor. And a lot of the areas that we talk about, you know, I talk to a fair amount of people that, well, I like to do it myself. I'm like, that's fine. But most of the things I just mentioned, you can't even access yourself. So you do need the help of a financial advisor. And, you know, what if something happens to you? Is your spouse going to be okay? And, and even beyond the investing part, again, what's your plan? What's your tax plan? Are you a tax planner? Uh, are you an estate planner, a legacy? Do you understand the gift? laws. Do you understand trust? We'll talk about that a little bit later in the show, the difference between revocable and irrevocable trust. So I, I know that there's a lot of questions that people have, and to have a, a full-service financial advisor can potentially be very beneficial for people, the, you know, people that need that kind of thing. But in our industry, that's not always easy to find. Once again, Brian, I want to talk to our listeners right now who might be intrigued by our conversation. If you think that you just need a standardized stock bond portfolio, really any investment advisor would be happy to sell that to you. If you think that you want all your eggs in an annuity basket, anyone with an insurance license, again, would be more than happy to sell that to you. But if you want to go beyond the product, if you want to go beyond the pitch, if you want to focus on your lifestyle first and the life that you want to live and you want to have a conversation with an advisor who will look at your unique needs and desires through a comprehensive lens, an advisor who understands that maybe you want to travel to see the kids, maybe you want to go on European vacations, or you want to start a hobby business, an advisor who wants to help you discover who you really want to be in retirement, then listen up, this is for you. Right now, we're offering an opportunity for you to call 833-673-7373 and ask for your complimentary Madrona analysis. Once again, our phone lines are open right now. You don't have to wait until Monday. Make that call today while you're thinking about it. 833-673-7373 and request your complimentary analysis. That's right. No cost, no obligation. It's not going to cost you a dime, but this analysis could uncover some blind spots that when addressed may help you achieve your goals in retirement and the lifestyle that you want to live. Once again, no cost, no obligation, 833-673-7373. You must have at least $500,000 or more in investable assets to qualify, but if you do, we'll send you out Brian's book, Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement. So make that call right now, 833-673-7373. And remember, this one call very well could make all the difference. If you're just joining us, this is Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. We just finished discussing how much you need to have saved in order to retire. If you want to hear the show again, don't worry. We're also a podcast. 
Simply go to wherever you get your podcast, search for Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. You'll find this show and our daily takeaways so that you can stay on top of your wealth and your journey towards a successful retirement. We're going to take a quick break, Brian. When we come back here on Growing Your Wealth, we're going to be talking about how to prepare for the upcoming estate tax changes and strategies to pass your assets on to those you love while you're still alive. All that and more when our show continues. Stay with us. Tired of only getting half the story? That's why it's so important to get your financial information from a CPA and an advisor like Brian Evans. Now let's get back to some of the most comprehensive financial information around. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to Growing Your Wealth. I'm Brian Evans, CEO and President of Madrona Financial and CPAs. In this segment, we'll be talking about how to prepare for the upcoming estate tax changes and strategies to pass your assets to those you love while you are alive. And Brian, as I understand it, income taxes are expected to go up in 2026. Not sales tax, not long-term capital gains tax, just income tax. Have I been hearing that correctly? Well, no, uh, it's not just income tax. I guess generically it is. We, you know, the first segment I talked about generic ads in our industry, generic statements like we design portfolios with you in mind. Oh, thank you. Now my neighbor. Okay, great. I expected that. That's not something I think is special or different. And so when we say uh, income taxes are going up, well, does that mean the rates going up? Yeah. Could that also mean my deductions are going down? Yeah. Well, what about my credits? Yeah. What about from my business? Am I going to pay more tax on that? Yeah. So, you know, when I say income tax are going up, it's not just the tax rates. It's also what you can deduct. So the standard deduction is expected to go down by about half. The child tax credit is expected to go down by about half. Credit for other dependents is expected to go away completely. Some itemized deductions are expected to be reduced by 3% for higher income earners. And there's one they always hear, oh, this is tax deductible. Yeah. Uh, well, it depends. I, I'll have to look at your tax return and tell you if you're actually getting a deduction for it. I'm pretty sure that uh, a lot of people understand that their property taxes are deductible, maybe their sales tax is deductible, but they go to their tax return and they go, huh, seems like I didn't get very much credit for that. Nope, there's a SALT uh, maximization that you can take on the deductions there. I thought my medical expenses were deductible. Well, not for you because they were more than 10% of your modified just gross income or whatever. So there's so many things. A big one is pass-through deduction for business income is expected to go away. So we've been, for a lot of businesses, they've been able to pass through a large deduction so they're not taxed on all of their earnings to kind of put them on par with company and C-Corps and, and that kind of thing. I won't get into the details there, but that was to put uh, businesses on par with one another. That's going away currently. And so a lot of changes, and I'm not even talking about the changes that haven't even been proposed yet, because when this law was passed during the Trump administration, all these changes, the tax law, which were beneficial to a lot of people, when those go away, well, well back then, I think the national debt was, wasn't even half what it is now. And so uh, if we owe twice as much money and they're looking at these, you're going, hmm, maybe they'll just reinstate them. Right, Brian? Yeah, yeah, let's just reinstate them. Oh, but we owe $20 trillion more than we did when they were put in. We can't go backwards on taxes. In fact, not just reinstate them. What if, what if we increased them? You know, I, I could see that, depending on who's in power, could be a, a, a big one there. So there are a lot of things to concern ourselves with, with the changes. And it's not just income taxes I'm talking about. Yeah, and I became a little more distressed as you were going down that list of the things that might go away. And it occurred to me that I think these days, a very large percentage of people take the standard deduction. And boy, is that ever going to change? Yeah, that's going to change. You know, a lot of people, either their interest payments on their house are are low because they got a good interest rate when rates got low, or they're just getting to the point where things are paid off and they don't have that. And now the standard deductions going down. These are things that you probably want to consider. But a big one, you know, for for a lot of people is the estate tax. Mm -hmm. The estate tax is supposed to be cut in half, the exemption. And I would estimate, I believe that, you know, the estate tax exemption is really high right now, that there's probably less people that are subject to potential federal estate tax now, probably less than half of what will be 
in less than two years when they reduce that in half, the exemption. And so a lot of people aren't aware of that, that they actually may be subject to a very high estate tax, whether it's your parents or yourself or, or somebody in your family. There may be a significant estate tax issues. It's really significant in certain states. You know, a state like Utah, not as significant as it is in, in Washington state or Oregon. Uh, Oregon only has a $1 million exemption. And any estate over a million is paying estate tax to that state. And it's like, wow, that sounds bad. Washington is like $2.3 million, And then Utah, it's a federal exemption and, and so forth. So it depends on where you're at as to how much this might affect you. But one of the things I, I definitely want to put out there is tax planning is something that is a multi-year process. And if you understand, if you know that these rules are going to change, you know, a lot of our clients like to have us do a tax estimate before the year end every year. So we can look at how this will affect not only this year, but next year, because there's a lot of things maybe in their portfolio we have choices on. Whether you sell that business this year or another year or do an installment sale or an opportunity zone investment or a Delaware statutory trust using a 1031 exchange, there's a lot of things that are, you know, things that we can make decisions on relative to your uh, where you're at with your taxes. I've been told that I, I read recently on estate taxes on that topic that it's really almost a voluntary tax for most people that pay it. Mm-hmm. They've decided they're going to pay it because they don't do some basic planning. And we'll be talking later in this segment about gifting, which can help you with your estate taxes. So it's weird to think about a tax as high of a rate that it can be 40% or more. You know, it's been much higher uh, previously uh, in my lifetime. But to have a tax that's that, that high of a rate, to you're telling me it can be voluntary? I'm like, yeah, it, it can be for probably a, a lot of, a big high percentage of people that, well, estates ended up paying this tax. They could have avoided it had they taken some steps. So that should be part of the tax planning opportunity also. And Brad, I think a lot of people listening to the program say, well, I don't have that much money in an estate. Have you run across people who vastly underestimate what their estate really is? Yeah, especially in those states that I mentioned. Now, it is true that uh, most people won't have an estate tax issue. But what if the laws change again? We don't know that. They're going to change in less than two years. I already know that. It's going to be cut in half. So people that weren't thinking about it maybe should. But again, certainly people in the state of Washington, Oregon, if you're in Oregon, you know, anybody with over a million dollars is like, oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. Well, what do I have to include in, in my calculation? Everything. Your house, your retirement accounts, your cars, your your furniture, your socks. I mean, <laughs> literally everything you own, <laughs> it goes on in a state tax return. Maybe you wouldn't value your socks very high, but everything you own is supposed to go on your estate tax return. You know, with appreciated real estate and so forth, they're going, oh, wait a second. You're right. I never thought of myself as rich. In fact, most people do not think of themselves as rich. They, they, they might think of themselves as comfortable. So if you're listening and you've done a good job with your finances, I don't care if you have 1 million, 5 million, 10 million, you probably don't think you're rich. You probably think you're comfortable. Yeah. And comfortable people shouldn't pay the estate tax. That's for the rich people, right? Well, in the eyes of a couple of states in particular, you are rich and they want that money from your estate. And so it's going to affect a lot of people because it does include all all of your assets, not just the things out the top of you, not just your investments, but your house, you know, everything that you own. Yeah. And uh, I mean, people listening to us in Washington and in Utah, I mean, Seattle, Park City and, you know, out there in Salt Lake City, Utah and uh, people in Oregon who might be listening to us, you'd be surprised. You may not know how much your estate really is because property values have increased so incredibly much in those areas. So this conversation really could apply to you. Brian, what are some of the strategies that you would use if someone has discovered all of a sudden that, well, I thought I had a million dollars in an estate, but I've got five, six million dollars now. I got a couple of years here before this uh, is going to change completely. How can we use these two years right now? What are some of the things that we can do to put ourselves in a better situation when that time comes? Yeah, here's some action steps that someone would want to take. And the first thing from our first half of the show, I want to have you download our book. Go online, download the seven steps to a successful retirement, where we talk about the concepts of, of what real financial planning is about. The second step is to try and get an appointment with one of our advisors. And what's interesting about appointments and very different, I think, about uh, the appointments people have with our advisors than a typical financial advisor is that we're not going to try and sell you on moving your money to us 
we actually, in that meeting, we actually call it our disqualifier meeting. We're going to try and figure out a reason why we shouldn't work together because it doesn't do anybody any good if we sold a product to somebody and it's inappropriate and they'll be unhappy later. So we want to make sure we're a fit. If you're a total do-it-yourselfer and we figure that out, then it's like, okay, then keep doing what you're doing. Or, or maybe you're a real estate developer and you don't need to do DSTs and so forth. We'll say, don't do it. You know, so we want to disqualify. If you make it through that, the third action step then is to get that financial plan done. And now part of that financial plan is the balance sheet. The balance sheet tells us your assets. The assets tells us what kind of estate tax planning opportunities we may or may not have. The other thing we're going to ask for is a recent copy of your will or revocable living trust. We got to make sure that you have the right wording in there to double your estate exemption if you're married. Many, in fact, I don't know if it's most, but many, many of these that I look at, one of two things that happened of the People we ask, can you provide me a a recent will or living trust? About half of them say, no, I do not have one that's recent. Or I look at them, my advisors look at them, we go, okay, where's the marital exemption credit shelter trust provisions to double your estate? Real simple. That's a layup for, it should be. It's not in them. Have you funded your living trust, your vocable living trust? They're like, what's that mean? Oh, okay, we got a problem here. It's not going to be valid. And so there are steps that, these are concrete steps. I'll reiterate, download the book, have a conversation with one of our advisors, have us do the financial plan, bring us your will or revocable living trust to make sure that we're on the right page there. And so those are four concrete steps to solving this out. You don't have to know all this stuff, but here I just, we're just asking, well, what do you want in your life? What do you have? And then we can take the steps to kind of help you along that path. And again, you can download that book by going to madronafinancial.com. It won't cost you anything. It's madronafinancial.com. Brian, before I met you, my financial advisor never asked for a tax return. My CPA never asked for an investment statement. Is that common in the industry? Well, that's, I think that's extremely common. I, I'm going to put that in the upper 90% as to you know how often that happens. But if you're listening to this show right now, uh, just ask yourself that question. Has your financial advisor asked for a copy of your tax return and or your will or revocable living trust? Has your CPA asked for your investment statements? The answer is probably no. So uh, I won't speak for everybody listening, but from what I understand, uh, very few people ask for all of that stuff. And I think it's critical to financial planning if you want to get it right to have access to all of the above because they are all interrelated. There are advisors out there that say they do tax planning and the definition of tax planning is different from tax advice. Tax advice is given by licensed people like myself and and our CPA firm. We're licensed to give income and estate tax advice. Tax planning, you can get from your advisor, your garbage man, anybody that's just, (laughs) well, I I know a few things about uh, taxes. They they can't give authoritative tax answers. In fact, I hearken back to one of the ads I've been hearing. It's from the biggest fiduciary advisor in the country and telling us how different they are. I said, yes, you are different. You cannot answer my income tax questions. You can't do my tax projections. You can't do my state planning projections. You won't ask for a will or living trust to look for a credit shelter trust provisions for that kind of stuff. You can't do business succession planning, real estate succession planning, gifting strategies uh, from a tax aspect, and you can't prepare my returns. So yes, you are very different, <laughs> but not in a good way. <laughs> no. So you know, it's one thing to say that you do things hey, we'll do tax planning and we'll even ask you for a copy of your tax return. Well, do you know what you're looking at? Well, you know, that's a qualitative thing. Just because somebody asks you for a copy of something doesn't mean that they actually know what they're looking at or looking for. And so I I would consider somebody that can combine the attributes of the CPA world with the best attributes of the investment advisory and insurance worlds is more apt to be able to help somebody than somebody that does not have access to all those three areas. And Brian, I want to continue this conversation in just a moment. But for the time being, I want to talk to our listeners. If you've been hearing this conversation and you think that taxes could be a problem for you moving forward, if you're not sure that you're prepared for the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act sunsetting in 2020, Maybe you're not prepared for things going back to the way that they used to be. You're going to be losing that standard deduction. The tax brackets are going to be going up. 
If you think that taxes could possibly interfere with your financial goals, well, listen up because this message is for you. I want you to right now call 833-673-7373. Phone lines are open and ask for your complimentary Madrona analysis. That's right. It is not going to cost you a dime. This Madrona analysis could identify some tax situations that we can correct now before it is too late to prepare you for taxes possibly going up in the future. Call that number right now, 833-673-7373, because phone lines are open right now for you. Now, you must have at least $500,000 or more of investable assets to qualify, but if you do, we'll send you out Brian's book, Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement. Imagine in the future, the tax rates have gone back to the way that they were. So many people are suffering. You're hearing it all over the neighborhood from your friends and your neighbors, but you are sitting pretty because you did something about it today. Well, we're going to give you that opportunity to get ahead of this by calling 833-673-7373 and asking for your complimentary analysis. Again, it is not going to cost you a dime and there's entirely no obligation whatsoever. So pick up that phone, 833-673-7373, ask for your Madrona analysis. And remember, this one call could make all the difference as far as taxes go in your retirement lifestyle and your retirement goals. Brian, one of the strategies that you talk about involves gifting. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Yeah. I mean, one of the steps uh, to a successful retirement is having a plan for gifting while you are alive. There's several areas that you can gift to. You can gift to your family, your kids, that kind of thing. You can gift to charities. Some easy ones there are gifting your required minimum distributions directly to your charity so you don't have to pay tax on them before you give them because they're not going to pay the tax on the money they receive. So why volunteer that tax? That's, that should be an easy one. Another one is gifting appreciated stock. Why sell some stock, pay the tax, then give the, the rest of the charity when you could have just given them the stock directly. They sell the stock, keep all the money, pay no income tax on it. So there are some basic strategies that are easy. There are some more complicated ones. Another way you can get rid of your assets during your lifetime uh, is to go to the casino a lot. Oh, wait. No, this is growing your wealth. <laughs> wait a That's minute. That's not a good place. Yeah, wait no. a minute. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll stick with... Uh, gifting to uh, family and friends right, right. and charitable donations. And so that can be a very important piece of your lifestyle plan. And sometimes it's kind of thrust upon us. A lot of people that we talk to are in the sandwich generation. They're like, well, I'm supporting my parents. They, they worked hard, but maybe didn't make the kind of money. They didn't do the investing that I had the opportunity to do. And and on the other side, you know, I've got my kids that can't afford a house and, mm-hmm. and can't afford to make it. They need help for college. They got out of college. They couldn't get the job that you know, they can even afford to pay their college loans back, let alone buy a place where we live because the price has gone way up, interest rates are up, you know, all this stuff. So they, they feel like a piece of bologna between two pieces of bread right now. They're, they're sandwiched in there, and they're supporting three generations themselves, their parents, and their kids. And so there can be a gifting strategies. And I did want to talk about some of the rules around that, some of the misconceptions that people have specifically about gifting. And Brian, for those people who don't know, what is the annual gift tax limit currently? Yeah, that's 18000 a person. So if you're married, you can give a person 36000 per year. Uh, you either use it in that year or lose it. And so that's why we were talking earlier about sometimes estate tax is a voluntary tax. And, and one the big misconception there is I hear this all the time. And let's say, it, let's make it simple. A single person says, I want to give my, my son money, but I know I can't give him more than $18,000. I'm like, well, sure, you can give him more than 18000 And they go, well, yeah, but I have to pay the gift tax on that. I'm like, okay. Here's how that works. Let's say that instead of 18000 you gave 118000 So you have a $100,000 taxable gift. So you fill out Form 709 and you say, oh, I got to pay tax on $100,000. What's my tax, Brian? It's zero. Oh, well, then why did I fill out the return? Well, let's say that this was a couple of years from now and the new estate exemption was $6 million. Well, now instead of being able to die with $6 million estate tax-free, you can only die with $5.9 million because you used up 100000 of that exemption with that $118,000 gift. And that you continue to track that until you pass. And so they go, well, I'm only worth $3 million, so I'll, I'm not even going to pay the tax ever, am I? And I'm like, no. And so just because you gave more than 18000 a year does not necessarily mean anybody's ever going to pay any income tax on that. So that's part of this conversation we want to have 
Uh, caveat to that is you can pay for education expenses. You can pay generally for medical expenses. It doesn't count towards that $18,000. But I'm seeing more and more people supporting their kids, their adult kids. And so we want to make sure that, you know, as part of your lifestyle plan, it might be to help multi-generations. And we want to make sure the, the money's there. Certainly the investment side needs to be handled. But we want to understand your objectives. And while we're doing that, we want to make sure that you're taking advantage of what you can on the estate tax and, and gift tax laws. Brian, if you have a significant estate and you want your estate to potentially pay less in taxes when you and your spouse pass, what are some of the things that you might be able to do? One of the the things that the reasons that we ask for a will or revocable living trust, a recent copy is because again, most people don't really have that or it's missing a primary component, which can double your estate exemption. So regardless of what the rules are, you know, the rules can change. The estate exemptions are going to change again in less than two years. They're going to be dropped in half evidently. And so whatever they drop to or change to, if you have the provisions, it's the, the AB credit shelter trust provisions in your will, then you can automatically double that. And it's just a paragraph or two, and you know, it needs to be in your will. So often it's missing. I was just talking to one of our advisors in our Utah offices, and she got a copy of her dad's will, and she was kind of laughing about it because uh, she looked at it, and it was pretty old. It was basically written in old English. Uh, hear ye, hear ye, uh, thou art the lost will and codicil of Sir. You know, it was like, what language is this? It was like King James version of a, yeah. of a will. <laughs> and she was kind of laughing about that. She wasn't laughing when she got the part about the credit shelter trust provision. It was right. missing, of Uh-oh. course. And Uh-oh. it's really important in certain states, as I mentioned, Washington, Oregon, with much lower estate exemptions, not as important. Her dad lived in a, another state. So, you know, there's nine community property states. There's 41 common law states that have different rules. We understand that when it uh, takes an effect, when it doesn't. But this is part of our planning process. So super important. And you may be going, I don't know what you're even talking about, Brian. And I don't know if I have a irrevocable trust or a revocable living trust, a will. I, I don't recall. I don't know what it says. I read it. I don't understand it. It's written in old English, whatever. You know, these are the things we can help you with. And you don't have to do the heavy lifting here. You don't have to understand all the estate tax rules and the difference between the, the common law and, and community property state rules and, and so forth, but we do. And so we are not estate planners, so or, or you know, we're not going to prepare your estate documents. We work alongside attorneys to help you achieve those. But very often the attorneys, they need the help of somebody that understands the product knowledge, the income tax knowledge, the financial plan for the person, the state that they're in, that kind of thing. So working together with an estate attorney is something that can be very valuable for a lot of people. Brian, obviously tax planning is so very important, probably one of the biggest expenses that you'll have in retirement. Where do you put tax planning in the order of the way that you design your plans and the order of uh, how you do these things? Yeah, I'll kind of go through the order here. We start with the lifestyle plan because how you live your life is way more important than anything else I can think of. So why don't we get, try and get that right? Spend that time, we'll spend that time with you trying to help figure out what does that look like? What do you want that to look like? We talked about investment analysis. Okay, we have all the tools in the toolbox at our disposal to build around that lifestyle plan that you have, uh, given its timelines. Can you retire? What will it look like? What is your life, uh, financial life look like in five years, 10 years, et cetera? The next thing we want to generally uh, solve for is cash flow. And that's not just buying an annuity or relying on Social Security. I mean, you ha- might have a pension. You might have stock and bond portfolio with dividends or an interest. You might have fixed annuities or fixed index annuities, uh, universal life policy for tax-free cash flow. You might be an active real estate or passive real estate like private non-traded REITs or Delaware Statutory Trust or credit funds or can be a good way to generate some income. So cash flow becomes next. Once we've got through that, now we're looking at taxes because tax planning is not the same for everybody. So for instance, my dad, he taught school for 30 years and he had a pension when he retired and, you know, drove tractors in the, in the summers. There was no tax planning to do there. He he got his pension, his social security, and a little bit of earnings uh, driving a tractor. I didn't have to do advanced tax planning for him, but a lot of people we meet do need advanced tax planning. And so we can do it. Uh, We will ask you for that tax return. And then finally, the final three steps are a protection plan, a gift plan, which we've been talking about in this segment, and an estate and legacy plan. Brian, based on our conversation today, it really feels like that this is an overwhelming amount of work. Sometimes I feel like I just want to throw my hands up and let whatever happens happen. 
Yeah, it sounds kind of overwhelming. I, I understand that. I get that. In fact, I'm a, a national coach and, and I'll have you know a couple hundred advisory firm owners in the room and I start talking about some of these concepts and I I haven't seen so much glaze in, in a room since the last Krispy Kreme convention. <laughs> right, you right, know, donut. And, <laughs> just eyes are rolling back, you know, all I see is white, you know, they're just like, yeah. oh my gosh, make it stop. Make this Brian guy stop talking. It can be incredibly yeah. uh, complex. I mean, all these topics we talk about you could read a whole book on it. You know, I could. Then we talked about charitable gifting. Uh, uh, how about a charitable rem- remainder unit trust or annuity trust? Okay, I'll write a book on that. Or, or gifting RMDs or appreciated stock or uh, you know grantor retained annuity trust. And all. I could write a book on every one of these topics. I don't expect you to. <laughs> you, you, you know, when I get uh, somebody perform surgery on me, I don't understand all the stuff that they're doing and all the medications and interactions and and all that stuff. I didn't go to medical school, but I don't have to because I trust that they know. And so I've heard that a lot in my career is, you know, Brian, I, I don't necessarily know, understand everything you're talking about, but I do understand that you do and your people do, and you're going to get us to the right spot, that you're trying your best to do what's best for us, that you have access to the products, that you understand the right questions and trying to follow up on that and trying to improve our life. And that's, that is what we're trying to do. So I understand it sounds very complex, but even as I review the five, steps. I've added another one during this show. Download the book. Have that uh, qualifying conversation with us to see if it makes sense to work together. Get that financial plan done. And along with that, uh, we'll be discussing what your life plan would look like. Uh, Bring in your Form 1040 so we can analyze that and bring in your will or living trust so we can look at that. So out of all of this, you just had to tell us what you want show up. We do all the heavy lifting from there. So again, it's, it's it can be very complex, but uh, don't think uh, you have to know everything that I'm talking about. Understand that's my lane. That's our lane, our advisor's lane, our CPA's lane. It doesn't have to be yours, but I think most people want what we have. So we want to make that available. And Brian, I think you've done a very good job of explaining this, but still it can be very, very complex. So I'm glad to know that we don't have to know this stuff, that you're there and you can provide the assistance because you do know this stuff. You've been doing it for long enough. So I want to talk to our listeners again. If you think that taxes could be a problem for you going forward in retirement, if you think that taxes could interfere with your financial goals, if you're not quite sure how you're going to handle the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act sunsetting in 2026, well, listen up because this is for you. All you've got to do to make this very simple is call 833-673-7373. I repeat that number again. It's 833-673-7373. Okay, now you can do it right now. We've opened the phone lines for you. It's just a request for your Madrona analysis. And this is a conversational analysis between you and an advisor so that an advisor can get to know you, what your needs, your hopes, your goals are for retirement and design a plan to get you there. Again, no cost and no obligation for this. You must have $500,000 or more of investable assets to qualify. But if you do, we'll send you out Brian's book, Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement. Once again, the phone lines are open right now. Get that help that you need, 833-673-7373. And remember, one call could make all the difference. Brian, we have had a great show today. I really appreciate your time. But most of all, I want to thank all of our listeners for joining us. For Brian Evans, I'm Jeff Shade. Get out and have a great weekend, won't you? We'll talk to you again next week with another edition of Growing Your Wealth. No statements made during the Growing Your Wealth show should constitute tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own legal or tax professional on your own individual information. Brian Evans and Madrona Financial Services is licensed to offer investment advisory services through Madrona Financial Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance products are offered through Madrona Insurance Services, LLC, a licensed insurance agency and an affiliate of Madrona Financial Services. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investors cannot invest directly into indexes. No investment strategy, including asset allocation and diversification, guarantees guarantees a profit or guarantees the avoidance of loss. Financial planning is an important tool that does not guarantee specific outcomes. DSD investments are only available to accredited investors and offered solely through the issuer's offering documents. The DST sponsor determines whether to accept any individual subscription documents. Madrona Financial and CPAs is a registered trade name used singly and collectively for the affiliate entities. Madrona Financial Services, LLC, Madrona, and Bauer Evans, Inc. PC. Bauer Evans. Investment advisory services are provided through Madrona. CPA services are provided through Bauer Evans.